How are you? I'm good. I've got my uh, my headphones in, so hopefully that's a good news story. I have my headphones into the phone. Fo- it's quite a complicated setup. It's weird. It is, it's it? weird not monitoring my own voice. I have yeah, to say. I mean, I I know what you mean. I've gotten so used to listening to myself uh, that it's a bit like, oh, I don't know what to do about this, but I can listen to you, so that's fine. That's very nice of you to say. In fact, you don't have much choice. I mean, <laughs> it would be kind of weird otherwise, wouldn't it? Given that I, this I, is I the. To... I'm just going to guess. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlife. I am so tired today. Are you? Physically tired, not like mentally tired. I'm obviously always like as sharp as a razor. I've been doing some uh, yoga. Um, So I record an hour session and then I have like a half an hour meet up with them every week to see how things are going what do you mean what do you mean uh can, uh i don't understand i mean i understand yoga i understand the idea of recording yoga but um who who precisely is it for like yeah, what's it for it's for undergraduate ah. uh, theater and dance students and it's part of uh, a module that's focused on well-being and health um and it's an it's a pilot project um, and so they reached out to me because they knew that I had a background in both performer training and in yoga. So they went, oh, could you maybe deliver something? So I've been doing that. It was my fourth session today. Last week I did a yin practice, which was really lovely and very stretchy. And then today I said, oh, all right, I'll do something that's kind of the opposite. So I, was, I went for a kind of a high-impact high yoga I didn't record the first 40 minutes of it. Well, accidentally. 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 Oh, mate. But now I'm going, oh, really? I've got arms. I'm not going to use them ever again, but I've got them. So these students, are they ready for uh, that kind of intensity? That's an interesting question. I've no idea. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, your pedagogical technique is outstanding. Well, <laughs> they were they were very clear that they wanted something that was they they kind of really want to focus on the physical practice. They're not yeah, really yeah. they're not really keen on the kind of more research, which is actually great for bells. me because I don't yeah I don't really teach from anything other than a biomechanical place. Yeah. But then I I sent I, at the end of each feedback session I kind of go okay so what are you looking for what what would you like next and somebody said something really fast I was like okay <laughs> so it's based on one person wanting something fast I don't know there's like one 80 person people speaking the zoom, for the room so. yeah or speaking for the zoom ah, I see what you did there yeah. Yeah, thanks. and does uh, does your Dalmatian um, enter the uh, yoga equation I uh, thankfully today because I'd done the first 40 minutes without <laughs> recording it he got all of his annoyances out of the way by throwing balls at me and kind of going come on let's play and then he just fell asleep I've actually been um I've been doing yoga with Adrian on YouTube she is such a good practitioner she is amazing and of course yeah. she has a blue healer called Benji who is 
is really the reason why I do yoga with Adrian. It's actually yeah. uh, with Benji. He's much. Uh, he, he's in a much calmer state than Jeff. Jeff likes to join in. <laughs> anyway, I, I derailed everything by just yammering on about bullshit. So sauce. no, no, no derailing. There was, there was, there has been no derailing. Uh, so I was thinking about. I was thinking about the name of these conversations. And the name mm. is Midlifing. And I yeah. first want to say that, of course, this is a very good name and I feel comfortable saying that it's a very good name because you came up with it. I'm um, happy to blow someone else's uh, um, horn, as it were, and not blow my own. Um, or is it toot? Which is it? I, I think I prefer toot because it, <laughs> if you're blowing my horn or your horn, I go somewhere really childish. But Right. So I really like this name. I like this name, midlifing, but it did make me, it, it made me think a very, I guess, obvious question, which is, when did you first start to think that you were midlife or middle-aged? And was it at the same time that you thought other people started to think of you as being midlife or middle-aged? Or do you not think of any of these, any of these things? Oh, no, I definitely think of myself Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> I was about to say, I definitely think of myself as middle-aged, but I realise I don't. I think I think of myself as old, which is ridiculous because I'm not. I'm 47, so I know that's not old. But I think because I spend a lot of my time with people in their early 20s mm. or late teens, early 20s, um, I, 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 don't, I, th I feel almost like I've jumped over middle-aged straight into elderly in the sense of how other people perceive me. So in to answer that bit of the question, when do I think people thought of me as middle-aged? I don't think that people in their late teens, early 20s think of people as middle-aged. I think they just think of them as old because they're not the age that they are. Uh, so, and so that's affected the way you uh, yeah, perceive yeah, yourself. So I, exactly. So I, I feel, I guess actually probably a word that I would use rather than old, if I'm really honest, is I probably would think of myself as distant from them. And it's been. I love it's, it's that. Been, I love that. It's been quite interesting in that recognition because you know I've I've had a year away from um, from face to face teaching as I had my midlife crisis and ran away to Portugal, which was a delight. Can I say? Um, I think you, you must have been tempted to buy a very fast car when you arrived there as well, right? <laughs> yeah. No. No, I got a bike, which is lovely, and, and then and then promptly fell off it. Which As was, you were biking, uh, and you were biking on it very fast, though, right? I was. It involves so speed. Fast. Yeah. Oh, it was so fast! I was going so fast downhill. Um, I actually wasn't. I was going relatively slowly, but it has cassette brakes. Um, you know the ones that you pedal backwards to to stop. Oh yeah, like in the um, old days. Yeah, like in exactly that, like in the old days. And I completely forgot this on this particularly sort of <laughs> scratchy track that it had backpedaling brakes. And I was just like pootling along down an incline, not a massive incline. And I wasn't going massively fast. And I was going, I just, you know, that thing sometimes when you're on a bike and you backpedal just for fun. You did that. <laughs> well, I started to do that, just went over the handlebars. <laughs> that was a moment that I oh, felt. Is um, that what you call really, cassette brakes, do you? Is that what you call them? I think they're called cassette brakes, yeah. I think they're really great Maybe for they're... doing skids, though, aren't they? That's what I found out in that moment as I was flying over my handlebars going, oh, that would have been quite fun had I thought about it. 
Yeah, I didn't feel old then. I just felt massively mortal as I hit the floor. Oh. And it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was a bad scene. Anyway, that's a separate thing. Well, I mean, um, you have to say that mortality is definitely linked to, to oh. the sense of being mid-life, right? Absolutely. And I, I want to come back to the idea of mortality because you, you lost a parent. And, and I, I'm curious what that does to you. But if, if I may, I'll, I'll circle back to that. And let's be clear, just for anyone who may ever be listening to this, that um, when Lee says lost a parent, it means a parent of mine died. I didn't somehow have them go missing on me. I mean, it's just lost is such a weird. What, like, why do we say that? It's so. I don't know. Oh. It's yeah, it's a good question because I was thinking about this. I was so it's 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 um <laughs> it's October as we're recording. How many? How many of these cul-de-sacs are we going to go down before we answer any questions that we set ourselves? I was listening to a spooky podcast because it's the month of October when we're recording this, oh, and yes. so obviously it's time to listen to spooky podcasts, themed podcasts. Nice, exactly. Yeah. There, there were there was somebody talking about um I think they were I think they were talking to a medium um and they kept talking about the <laughs> they kept talking I just about think the of idea. painters <laughs> was it was it oil what yeah. <laughs> they, they were talking to a mixed medium <laughs> it was a little bit of everything it was a little bit of gouache it was a little bit of oil there was quite a lot of acrylic in there <laughs> i think there was some string that was just balled up and stuck in the corner i'm not sure <laughs> and you said i can do that <laughs> <laughs> just a pile of bricks that's not art. um <laughs> so, <laughs> they kept talking about the idea of passing over passing on that their parents had passed so yeah so i'm sorry i should have said your dad's dead um what did that do when he died to your sense of um, of mortality, but also what it did to your sense of where you were in your life? Oh. Was there a kind of a baton passing? So are we are we just going to stay in this cul-de-sac for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was twenty-seven. I just turned twenty-seven, and oh, wow. it was so. This was nineteen ninety-five, and I just remember um, it was just it came at a time when I had stopped thinking of my parents and probably in particular my father as being superhuman you know that it was like someone who I just looked up to and that was a a source of comfort knowledge uh, love and I just started to I, I really remember this very clearly just started to think of, him, think of him as someone who I could have a good yarn with a good yak with about things that there was a sense of uh, understanding or starting to come to understand his uh, limitations, uh, his insecurities, his vulnerabilities, at the same time as still enjoying those conversations, if you understand what I mean. So I'd, and it was just happening. Like it was just the point where I went, oh, he's a human being. He's not just my father. And um, and then he died. And uh, yeah, yeah. and I don't know whether my feelings about him were precipitated by his, you know, I guess it was two years with with um, prostate cancer, but certainly that sense that my relationship with him was changing, um, and I suspect it's not, I, well, I don't know this, but I suspect because it was the time of life I was entering, if you like. And, um, yeah, that, so that I, I have a, so I have a slightly... 
uh, how do I describe it? Like cut off version of my father, or interrupted mm. version of my father, where he was where and and so what lingers now, you know, what is that? Twenty five years later, is a sense that he was he's more an ideal and less of the human being I was coming to understand. So I have to, like nowadays, I have to work quite hard because, of course, he was fabulously flawed, uh, as, as we all are. But uh, it's like I have to work harder to stay with the flaws, if you understand. Yeah, because the flaws are not constantly reasserting themselves. And you talked about just then that the... the, the that sense of of becoming of him becoming a human being rather than him becoming a paragon was was actually quite new in your body as he died yeah yeah and i i like the word paragon you know i like it, it always makes me think of you know a paragon of virtue yeah well yeah exactly <laughs> i mean we don't necessarily have to put of virtue but this the idea of somebody that stands in for so it's like i think parents are kind of like ciphers aren't they for a long time Mm. And then, uh, and they're ciphers for lots of things. So when we're little, they're they're ciphers for the entire world, and then they become ciphers for everything that's wrong in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, if we're lucky, they become people. But mm. uh, you know, I think there's probably a bit that comes after that. But the, f- um, but the, f- sorry. No, no, no. I was thinking, you know, that 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 process of like when when you're a child, and I guess what what I what I heard you talking about then, and and forgive me if I'm putting words into your mouth, but it almost sounds like instead of talking about getting old or becoming middle aged or anything like that, you you just articulated that sense of becoming an adult, where you 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 were starting to enter into a moment where you could have an adult relationship with your father, and then you weren't able to fully step into that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a uh, um, without over, uh, you know, wanting to over sort of pop psychologize it. Um, I, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, I, but I guess you, I guess you've had the flip, which is as you've <laughs> entered what did you call distance? Yeah, um, <clears throat> distance <laughs> from young people. Yeah, uh, you've also been seeing both of your parents aging. And continuing to age, and so what's that been like? Of course, I should. I want to say I've still got a mother. My mother's still, yeah. still alive yeah. and kicking well and truly, you know. Yeah, um, I'll answer that question in a second. But just for for my timeline in my head to kind of understand your your biography, had your dad died before you left New Zealand, or had he died after you left New Zealand? Oh no, he died after I left New Zealand. So I was okay, right. I was um, I was in Melbourne and right. training. To be a dancer, yeah. so quite late uh, for a dancer, for sure. Yeah, um, doing full time sure. training. You, yeah, but you were a sportsman beforehand, so you kind of it wasn't like you were coming from it as a baker or a chess that. player, exactly. Oh, or a chess player. Yeah. yeah so I, uh, yeah, so he, and then what happened was that I was, I, so this would have been October ninety five, and I set my exams early. At um, you know the exams we had, that was all sort of. I was allowed to go home early. Mm. Maybe it was November. I can't remember, but because I remember missing the end of that year because we didn't know when he was going to die. We knew he was going to die um, mm. pretty soon, 
And so I skipped off back to New Zealand and it was slightly weird because, and I knew this wasn't going to be the case, but I also had flown back from, I think the year before it must have been, I'd flown back from Melbourne to Wellington in New Zealand um, because my grandfather was dying. Oh, that's a, the timeline. I don't quite can't remember the timeline. And and I knew he was really close to dying and he died while I was on the plane. So I... I oh arrived in New Zealand to see him one last time and, and yeah. he'd um he'd passed. <laughs> My grandfather that is. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I had a I had a there was a sort of t- time in my life I remember um and my uncle died and and where my my mother was kind of amazing is that we always had the we always had the uh the the body. I was gonna say cadaver <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's a step up from corpse. <laughs> well, I think corpse is probably more accurate, really. <clears throat> the body of the person was in rest, I guess, in their coffin in our lounge room. And oh, Jesus, no. Yeah, it was cool. It was pretty amazing. Oh, and, of course, man. we didn't have a lot of bedrooms, and so the family had come home to stay, and I remember sleeping on the floor of the lounge. With my, I can't remember with my no with my grandfather. Maybe I can't remember which of these dead people it was with their coffin in the same room as me. Was the lid on or off? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh fucking hell! I'm sorry. I I'm having I'm having that really kind of like twentieth um, late twentieth early twenty first century response to that. It's like properly abject, which I know is ridiculous because it's ridiculous. Because this is somebody that you loved. This is somebody who's in your life. But because they're they're an abstract concept, you're you're sleeping with a corpse. That I can't, I can't quite square that. That's weird. Anyway, I don't want to blow my own trumpet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I'll... I mean, I, I just to you know just to uh, uh, <laughs> put the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was really bad. Um, it was amazing, though. Like I remember it being, and I just I so thank my mother for that. Her relationship to uh, death, the, the death yeah. of loved ones, and and yeah. her openness to that. And, and I just thought it was amazing. I really did. It was a, it was something. There was something so concrete about it. There was yeah. nothing abstract about it. No, absolutely. I think. Um my my response is entirely abstract because i'm t- i'm imagining something and i'm going to now for anybody who's listening do a massive not swerve but just kind of make make an easy analogy that will make a lot of people suck in the air through their teeth at massive speed and i go, can hardly wait so when my dogs died <laughs> 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 because obviously that's the same. <laughs> wait, 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 I've got to take off the jumper. I got too hot. Hang on. I'm waiting. Oh, man. I can't hear you. Just, just to be clear. Right. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I... I Fully, fully aware of the problematic, <laughs> the problematic analogy that I'm making or comparison I'm making. Um, to th- I, I think I'm trying to circle back to the idea of concreteness that you're more offered in that moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So, so, so you know you've you've known all of our dogs. Yeah. Um. So you remember Henry, the old dude, very well. 
that so the, the our first dog he was he was a gift uh, when we got married. He's a wedding present. Hang on, he, someone gave Henry to you? Yeah, somebody perverse with a, a sick sense of humour. Really? My mother. Your mother? She started yeah. it all. She started. She it all, started yeah. she, the. But she knew you guys liked or wanted or liked she a Dalmatian. Knew that Bob. Yeah, she knew that Bob had always wanted a Dalmatian. Ah. And it was nothing to do with the film, as far as I know, because uh, uh, Bob. I don't know. Actually, I say that, but Bob can't remember what she has or hasn't seen. I remember her telling me when we just started going out with each other that she'd never seen Star Wars. I was like, "Oh my god!" So at Christmas, I bought her a VHS of Star Wars, and, and about three minutes from then, she went, "Yeah, I've seen it," <laughs> but she just couldn't remember until she got to me. She went, "I didn't like it though. That's why I think I forgot." Um, anyway, wait, wait. So did did um, Henry? Did Henry? Was Henry a gift on your wedding day? Oh, God, no. That would be ridiculous. He was about five days after we got married. All right. My less, mom had been... Far less, far, far less ridiculous. Yeah, it would have been yeah, far less ridiculous. Five whole days after we were married. Um, my mum had been tracking the advert in the paper um, and said, do you want to go out for lunch? I was like, well, that's odd. My parents never go out for lunch. They do now, but that's a different thing. Then they never went out for lunch. Like, yeah, all right. Where are we going? Oh, it's just a nice little place outside of Kendall. All right, sounds lovely. And we just rocked up and it was basically a barn. I was like, this this feels a bit odd. Doors pulled back. Bunch of puppies. Surprise! Wow, really? Yeah, it was super lovely, actually. It was super lovely. Was there cake? Um, There was no cake. No, there was no cake. There was just a Mm. dog that bit Bob's chin and then shit in the car on the way home. (laughs) And to, to return straight back to your story regarding the deaths of your dogs... Henry. So yes, thank you. So Henry was thirteen and a half, and he he was rattled by the end. Uh, he'd had spine conditions and stuff like that, and he'd had surgeries, mm. and, and he was he, he was he was a an old dog, probably from the age of being about ten, um, and and not in pain, just like kind of a bit. I believe the word you might use is a bit crook. Um, is that right? Did I use that in the right context? Yeah, crook. Yeah, 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 a bit sick. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess I'd call poorly. him like a squeak. Yeah, I'd call him a squeaky gate. Yeah, so serviceable, but you were aware of his presence. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so when, when it came time to being clear that he wasn't going to make it, and we, we were trying to do that whole like good death thing where we would let him choose his moment. And he was a belligerent little fucker, so he wouldn't die. Um, and he just refused to. And there was one day when he just fell into his bowl, and I was like, ah, oh, this is this is not good. If he can't even eat, that's that's a bad sign. So I carried him down the road, and at the time, the vet was maybe about mm, 50 yards down the road. It was really, really near. And um, he was put to sleep. Um, and the the first thing that happened is they, they give the, the sedative to make them go to actual sleep, and then they give them the um, the the... The, the euthanizing drug. So as he's fallen asleep, he starts to have a running dream, which was really lovely. Aww. So he's just like, yeah, doing yelping and running and, and doing this little like, and moving his legs. At that point, the, uh, the vet administers the, um, the, the euthanizing drug and he died. Um, and it was lovely. And it was, and it was a really, really nice moment because I could imagine him running into fields you know i'm not talking there about an afterlife but just literally that's where his brain was because he was he was having a dream mm-hmm. um and then of course chasing because, rabbits yeah chasing rabbits and then because he's he's switched off um his bladder empties and his bowels empty and so they, he just voids himself um as 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 i'm holding thankfully only his head on my knee um and there's that concreteness of going oh right 
there's nothing here now. That's very, very clear. This, mm. this, it, he, he had gone from being an elderly, decrepit dog that was had lots of problems and all those sorts of things to being inanimate. And and it was just there was something very mechanical and useful about the mechanics of it in terms of kind of the um, the ability to process it. It's like okay, mm. now I understand. Now I understand what the, what just happened. Yeah, in a way that had it before happened, and after. Yeah, exactly. Had it happened. You know, had I been out of the room and found him, then there's, there's that idea of shock, or or other it wouldn't really have been shock because he was old. And it was just, it was a very, yeah. So I kind of, I think that that thing that your mum did about the uh, offering the concreteness of death, I totally understand. Even though I know I sounded particularly squeamish when you were talking about sleeping in the room, because that there's nothing there's nothing scary about it so that's just the kind of the halloween vibe rather than the actuality of being in a room with something that was and now isn't so it sounds like henry um henry went from being a young dog to being a distanced dog uh just like you've described yourself yeah he did he did it's weird living with dogs because you get to see your life speeded up mm. and i and i think to I'll try and circle back. <clears throat> I'm, I say, I've said circle back like three times now. Just so edit I'm, I'm those fuckers out. <laughs> yeah. My parents still being alive is weird, I guess, is what all I'll say, is that there's this weird kind of seesawing between being an adult with them, being a child with them, <clears> being <throat> responsible for them, be, being responsible to them, um, needing to take care of them in the most kind of mundane ways, like when their bank accounts got hacked, when, you know, those sorts of things. The, yeah. the, the kind of the taking care in a 21st century. Yeah. Sorting Do out the Wi-Fi. Change... <clears throat> oh, God, yeah. The number of times I will get a phone call, well, not a phone call, it will be a WhatsApp video message from my dad going, I can't get onto Skype. <clears throat> okay, well, why don't you use WhatsApp? So-and-so's not on WhatsApp. I need to talk to them on Skype. Talk me through it again. I'm in a lecture. It's all right. It won't take long. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Priorities are important, aren't they? Absolutely. And why should he care about the education of the future? I mean, I don't want to open up another, um, what do you call it? Cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac. Thank you. Cul-de-sac. But God, Skype is a crap piece of software, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's constantly kicking him out and he just gets increasingly frustrated with it. And I understand that it's sort of, I, I, I know that all of these sort of software packages are designed by people that understand computers. But I really wish they would design them for people who can like work a drill, mm. make them like a drill, make them like a handsaw, make them like a hammer, make them like a thing that is re- the, the the distance between what you want it to do and how you're going to make it work is much closer. I think you. I think you really did skip middle age because you're sounding intensely like a grumpy old man right then, just then, just now. I, I I think anybody who has spent more than 15 minutes with me will say that that has always been a very strong characteristic. Mm. But I have always been a grumpy old man. <laughs> when did you know that you were middle-aged? Or do you know that you're middle-aged? I wonder, is it different for somebody who has such an incredibly strong relationship with their body? So, you know, you start out as a semi-pro tennis player. You know, you're, you're uh, incredibly 
physically semi. capable. Let's, let's just emphasize the semi there. It doesn't. You, you can you can downplay it. As I got much good. As you like you got good, but and you got better than most people. Okay, you're sure. not Andy Murray, but you know you wander past the tennis courts down the hill, and you're going to be better still probably than most of the people who are who are banging a ball around in the middle of the summer. So you have a physical capability in your body, and I wonder. And then, of course, you train to be a dancer, um, and you, you, you've gone on to train other dancers. Mm. Has I mean, that physical relationship with um, your, that sort of strong relationship with your body, has that impacted your sense of aging? I think it has, for sure. I, I mean, it's, it is funny because I still have that slight feeling of clinging on, clinging on to a version of my younger body. Like really, like, and that's and that's revealed itself through the exercise I still do, and the and the, but at the same, but the I guess the paradox being that the more I do that, the more, and also through dancing, dance training is so much about sensitizing the body to things that that I'm more cognizant of the uh, decline. I mean, it's it's just so apparent in joint stiffness and relative slowness and but I did have a um I did have a very precise experience about three years ago so I would have been 49 nearly 50 and when I realized I was definitely middle-aged so it was probably about you know five or eight or ten years a little late uh, mm. from or a little after how people were viewing me uh, um and I was in Italy uh, on a residency, a, a residency, you know, like a choreographic residency in Italy. And it was a big group of us. We'd gone out. It was the last night and we'd had quite a bit to drink and a lot to eat. And we stumbled across a piazza, an open square where there was basically a massive dance party going on. I mean, only that in Italy. Sounds, that sounds like, that sounds like Call Me By Your Name. Uh, and like all lovely and eighties and sort of swimming in, in psychedelic furs. I, that's what I don't don't tell me what was playing. I'm just going to have you in a pair of short shorts and a and a kind of uh, a short sleeve t shirt, being all army hammer. That's how I'm going to imagine. I, you just stay with that. Perfect. Uh, anyway, that's what I'm doing. We, we this group of us. I reckon there was about fourteen of us. Not all in the project. Just a sort of like you might say a local dance community. We we didn't decide to start dancing. It's like we just tumbled into the dancing, and it was cool. Like it was, and we were at a particular corner of the piazza where there was a, like a guy selling, I can't remember, like some kind of South American cocktail and playing that kind of salsa type music, and he came onto the dance floor with us and taught us all. So these are all certainly a third of us were professional dancers, and others were people who'd done a lot of dance training. Put it that way. Yeah. <clears throat> taught us this little this little move, this little sequence, and we all picked it up pretty quickly and we were doing this move in a group, you know, sort of in unison and then going off into our own thing and coming back to the unison and very quickly there was this quite large crowd around us. So any of those dance movies where there's a point at which a couple end up dancing and the the, <laughs> the rest of the people that dance circle around them. It was just precisely like that. Oh, that sounds like... That just sounds like such a perfect moment in time. It was just great. I mean, it was hilarious fun. And we, we really were having a good time. And it got ruined later on, but it doesn't matter. It, um, it, and, and, you know, one of the things 
you probably are aware of this, but one of the things that when people start dancing or when people dance, even just socially, one of the things about dancing is the idea of losing yourself in the dance. Like you're, yeah. it's as if the dancing is happening to you as opposed to you making yourself do something. And, and there's a sort of, there's a kind of a hedonism in that, or if I were being a little bit more psychological, I'd say it's a little bit like a state of flow, like Cheek sent me high state of flow. Yeah. And, it's beautiful. Like, there's no question. Any athlete or any person who's in, involved in that kind of work would understand the experience. But it was punctured by moments of s uh, intense self-consciousness of people noticing people looking at me. Because I would have been 10 years minimum older than anyone else in the group. And I became very aware I can't, don't know what they were thinking, but I started to think that they were looking at me as a middle-aged man around this group of young people. Oh. And then we, it stopped. And then I went, we went off, a smaller group went off dancing in another area. And I was still, I was still going at it pretty like hammer and tongs in terms of dancing. And um, a guy comes up to me and um, was smiling. And he, uh, he said, um, how old are you? And um, I said, I'm... Uh, 49. And so in Italian, this is oh, oh, uh, 49 anni. And you have to be careful with the anni bit because if you get, it's two N's, A, N, N, I. And if you say it with one N, it's basically you're saying I've got 49 anuses. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very clear about the anni. Yeah. And he, he basically sort of said, more or less, congratulations. That's amazing what you're doing. And so it was this most strange compliment disguised as slightly, not pity, but slightly, it was so clearly, it's amazing you can do that for someone your age. Super clear. Yeah, that's almost like a flashbulb moment of your middle age, <clears throat> the moment where it just comes into complete kind of clarity for you. Totally. And, you, you know, you've talked about it in relationship to, yeah, obviously encroaching um, aches and pains, the kind of probably the slight diminution of physical capacity that there are things that you could do but now you can't do. But they, they kind of, they bleed out, don't they? They don't, they, they disappear. Well, also you don't, they're very hard to notice because... Exactly, you know, yeah. exactly. Oh, sorry, sorry, bleed out, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is a moment, you know, that, that moment of, of kind of being caught in self-consciousness and then having it underscored by somebody to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, lo I love that idea of the of a, the difference Lyman, which is, or the just noticeable difference, the capacity to recognise the change in something. And if something happens within the difference Lyman or within the di just noticeable difference, you don't, you're not aware that it's changed, that it's whatever that thing is that it's changed. And that's happening all the time in our bodies, of course. We're just yeah. slowly slipping away, like Henry. Yeah. Yeah, Until one day we go to eat and our head just falls into the <laughs> into our plates. I won't lie, I'm kind of looking forward to my head dropping into a bowl of risotto. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, it'll be tough for That's Bob. How tough for Bob, approach. though. <laughs> well, we're a family of drop-down deaders, the Millers. Are you really? Wait, oh, wait. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what? Your dad's still... Wait, hang on. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, I mean, I'm, his, 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 his siblings. His, all of his siblings, all of his siblings have dropped down dead. None of them have lingered. His mum dropped down dead. His dad had cancer, but managed to die in two weeks. Wow. Which I think for, you know... That is spectacular. That's, that, was, that was like, you know, he was like, I'm on the clock, mate. I'm 89 years old. I've got to check out. 